Mic check, mic check. Where the fuck is my check? You're now tuned in to Do Rags and Bow Shoes. Alright, what's going on everybody? It's your boy A-Double, a.k.a. Young Homer Simpson, and you're tuned in to episode 17 of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. I know it's been a couple of weeks uh, coming, uh, sorry about that, you know some things happen outside of the podcast world that I really had to take care of, just kind of needed to take a little break and just kind of, you know, be in my own little fortress of solitude, so to speak, so I could come back on Superman mode. So... Shout out to everybody listening, you know, whether you're at home, you know, got me uh, blaring through your Bluetooth uh, Beats pill, or if you're out for a jog or you're walking your dog, or you just, you know, at work trying to kill time, you know, shout out to you, make sure you get all that work done, and then you just coast for them last, you know, two, three hours of your shift. So, shout out to everybody for, you know, all the love, and even some of the criticisms too, so thank you for that. So, first things first. Let's go ahead and start putting stuff up on that uh, Summer Jam screen, and let's see how you react to it. So, first person I want to put up there is my man T.I. Um, he was he was quoted earlier today, you know, saying that he wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Just, well, basically saying he wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton for president just because of the decisions women make and them being too emotional. So, T.I., he's up on that Summer Jam screen. Uh, I I mean, just how sensitive everybody is, everyone is, uh, with the internets. Uh, I think it was just a poor poor choice of words. He should have, you know, maybe spoken code, um, but you know, he spoke from the heart, I guess. And then he went on Twitter and apologized for his statement. You know, just saying that basically he wouldn't, you know, vote for a woman because of the decisions, you know, rational decisions and being emotional and things of that sort. Um, you know, I really, I mean, maybe Tip just trying to get back in the news or something like that. Maybe he got an album dropping or something of that extent. Um, he could just have a mixtape coming out or something like that. Could all be a marketing ploy because I doubt in 2015, you know, we have a black man thinking like he's uh, living in the 1940s and he's a white man with a white man mentality. So, you know, T.I., maybe I should have put had T.I. holding L, but. We'll get to that later, though. So, I mean, T.I., I mean, he went and he apologized for his statement. Um, it's, it's whatever. I mean, I don't think anybody's taking T.I. seriously. I know if this was back in, you know, um, maybe, let me see, um, uh, what was that, uh, uh, Urban Legend or whatever. Maybe if it was around that time, you know, doing Bring Them Out when I was hot, maybe people would take it a little bit more seriously, but... I mean, T.I. already been thrown under the bus for uh, polluting our ears with uh, Iggy Azalea. So that's enough of that I have to say about that. 
But moving on, uh, just rest in peace to Tamir Rice, um, you know, the 12-year-old boy who was killed holding a, you know, a toy gun, you know, outside of a rec center back in Ohio. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry for coughing in y'all ears like that. Um, so during, uh, so the city or the state has found that uh, his death was justified, um, that police took correct action, they brought in a couple of um they brought in a couple of uh, officials or something like that or some experts on, uh, I guess, um, like maybe uh, the use of uh, deadly force or whatever. And um, they said it was justified. The thing is, Ohio is an open carry state. So, it, I mean, it's just it's just another it's just another excuse, you know, um, to make sure that these cops don't lose their jobs and they can keep doing what they're doing. And um you know, uh, black folks aren't protected by the law. We know that. Uh, you know how you know how it works. You know, um, you know, a black man or woman is on trial. You know, if you flip it, if they're you know the defendant, you know they're not going to be judged by a jury of their peers. They're going to be judged by you know some people that do not look by look like them. You know, at all. That's why I always say I'd rather be you know carried by six than judged by twelve because you 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 do you really don't stand a, a chance. You know. I mean, Johnny Cochran is in the ground, so you can't have a miracle lawyer like that. And it's always, you know, it's always a catch, 22, in situations like that. And, you know, whether you're the, you know, the plaintiff or the defendant, you know, uh, if you're being, if you're black in America. So it was sad to see that happen, but you kind of knew that that was going to happen and they're going to get off on it. And so that's why the main thing black folks need to do is just, you know, um, you know, get that money game correct. You know, word to uh, Dr. Claude Anderson how to, you know, and how to build a stable black economy. I mean, he's been telling us this for decades on how to do it, and we need to really enact it. I mean, we have so much quote-unquote spending power, meaning that we will, you know, give our last to anybody that looks that doesn't looks like us. You know, and we spend so much money, but we need to just start circulating that money that we can, you know, magically come up with. So we need to get our money game in order just so we can, you know, start, you know, um, start, like I said, I think back in what, the first episode, first few episodes of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes, you know, just how to get these politicians in your back pocket and how to change some of these laws and things like that, because it, it, it's sad, but right now we live in a society in America where, you know, the people fear the government and the government doesn't fear the power of the people and the people have more the power and black folks do have more power than you think in america you know and where it comes from is that almighty dollar you know we hustle we do everything we bust our ass and then you know we just go spend the money on bullshit and we need to you know start make thinking about the future and start you know uh, thinking about our kids and their futures and we need to make this a better place for them because right now this is uh, this is the equivalent of hell on earth you know because any day right now you know that you know if a cop is having a bad day or something like that they can pull a black man or woman over beat the shit out of them and kill them and they'll get off you know they'll you know they'll get paid time off and you know they might have to go to court a couple days but you know they're gonna walk out scot-free and still have their job or if they're fired you know folks gonna rally around them and start a gofundme page and you know give them two three million dollars 
just like they did with Darren Wilson. That's why he just went ahead and retired because he got a couple of M's, you know, from white folks from donating to his, you know, his GoFundMe page and Indiegogo page and things of that sort. So black folks would really have to start thinking about the future and stop. It's, we have to start thinking about we instead of me. You know, we got to get off that whole, you know, white folks ice is colder mentality. You know, so so we celebrate, you know, when we get a pat on the head from, you know, from the majority, quote unquote, you know, when they're like, oh, you're not like, you know, other those others, you know, you're special, this, that, and third, they're telling you all this and blowing your head up, and you're being isolated, you know, and you're only spending money with folks that don't look like you, so you really have to get out of that mentality of me, 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 and think we, 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 so just keep that in mind, and uh, like I said before, rest in peace to Tamir, hopefully, um, I don't know, it's just, it's just heartbreaking, to see that but you know you really can't do anything about it because we don't have any judges in our back pocket or any politicians in our back pocket and it just is it's heartbreaking though to see you know a child be murdered in cold blood and nothing be done about it so i don't know just let that kind of sit on your brain a little bit and like i said get out of the me mentality and it has to be more we more us you know it is it's us versus, you know, the powers that be here and, you know, the powers that be are whooping our asses. But, you know, we come together. We can we can do some damage to this economy and we can we can definitely change change this game. It's not going to take too long either. You know, a few years of us circulating our money and, you know, uh, doing um, block voting. Uh, we'll, we'll be all right. You know, we will be all right. So just kind of keep that in mind. All right. And again, rest in peace to Tamir and, uh, you know, prayers and thoughts with his family for that, because I know that was kind of heartbreaking hearing that kind of nonsense. So, yeah, just depressing. But, um, you know, uh, speaking of uh, justice, uh, we did have the Million Man March uh, just happen, um, the anniversary of it. Um, I can't believe it was, you know, 20 years ago that it happened And uh, a lot of brothers and sisters showed out for it Showed up and showed out for it um, You know, salute to everybody that went um, Salute to the minister, you know, for uh, kicking that game Kicking that knowledge And, um, yeah, he uh, he did his thing He, uh, You know, a lot of folks, I think they were waiting for Because, you know, he called it justice or else And a lot of folks were, you know thinking that the us was going to be some kind of violent revolution and all this other stuff and it's pretty much what you know dr claude anderson was talking about and what some other scholars and doctors have been talking about that black folks need to do and is you know start taking care of each other and watching out for each other and you know circulating your money and you know um educating your kids so that's what the minister was talking about or else because you know right now when it comes to justice only thing that we really know how to do as far as fighting for justice is you know to march and make signs and hashtags and things like that and it's not gonna get you anywhere because i mean it's just like okay we do this you know those in the dominant society would be like hey we'll do you know we'll do this some kind of justice towards black people the only thing they're, that they're going to do you know is march and you know causing inconvenience that's it so, I mean, just, if you can, just YouTube it, you know, the speech, 
uh, the minister, you know, he has some profound words and some, some great strategies. Uh, a lot of folks uh, was thinking that uh, the minister was going to be, you know, real radical and start talking crazy and all this other nonsense, which he doesn't. You know, uh, he just calls a spade a spade and he, you know, speaks from the heart. And um, I just, I didn't understand a lot of folks who were, you know, kind of a lot of black folks that were critical of the minister and of the event, you know, um, it, it, it goes back to, it goes back to, well, what are you doing? What is your plan? What do you, what are you going to do to, you know, help your people and all this other stuff? It's so easy to be, you know, um, an armchair activist, you know, uh, to sit up there and, you know, fire off a tweet storm, but you got to be out here doing this leg work and, you know, getting people together and raising awareness and, you know, coming up with a plan of action and actually doing that plan, you know, so there was a lot of black folks that was critical, it was very disgusting, and, uh, you know, a lot of fake-ass think pieces on Twitter about, you know, uh, the minister and some people were calling that his part of the speech was, you know, sexist and all this other stuff when he was talking about how men need to stop, you know, calling women bitches and, you know, need to how they need to protect their women and things of that sort and hold them to the highest standard. And, uh, you know, you know, you had those um, independent, I don't need no man Twitter, you know, going off about that and all this other bullshit. And it's just like just just stop for a minute and just embrace the game and understand what the man is trying to say i mean there's like i said before you know uh, talking about uh to me the rest of these and getting the money together it is it it's so much me 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 instead of me like you're a black person first you're you're a black man you're a black woman before you're a man or a woman in America, which is sad to say, you know, everybody wants to be, you know, humans and all this other stuff, and all oh, us all hug it out, but you can't ignore race, you can't ignore a person's skin, skin color, and the thing is, we really need to be together, we really need to stand together, and it's just, it, it's just... I don't know, it's just some folks don't get it uh, You know, a lot of times When I see people being very Critical of um, Of stuff that uh, People say like Dr. Umar uh, Johnson and uh, Sharzard Ali, what she says When they're very critical of those people I feel like those are Those are people who, you know Back when we had the civil rights movement going on Those, those people could be easily bought by the FBI, they could turn into informants, and they could, you know, very much well, you know, uh, dissipate a movement, you know, dissipate the energy of a movement if it's becoming too strong and too pro-black, you know, so those folks who were very critical about, you know, the Million Man March and the minister's words, uh, y'all can eat a dick, like really, like there's there's so much complaining and bickering and you know and these folks you know these cops and this in in just style fucking penile system that we have is picking black folks off left and right but you want to sit up here and you know critique those who are trying to lead and uh, trying to offer solutions and making plans of actions and trying to get 
folks up off their ass to take that action. It's just, it, it bothers me so much because I know these are the same type of people, you know, who came after Malcolm and who helped, you know, uh, get Dr. King up out the paint. Um, it, it's heartbreaking. And you really don't want to believe it because I remember growing up, you know, hearing old heads on the block talk about, you know, how uh, Malcolm was still here and how Martin was still here, things would be better and all this other sorts but you know they had snakes in their camp and things of that sort and i'm just thinking like what black person you know would would sell out you know another black person who's trying to better you know their race and you know bring them up to speed with every other race as far as economic development and having justice and peace and you know and it and it Hey, I mean, Twitter show you that every single day. Social media show you that every single day. And, you know, and it's that me, me, me mentality instead of we. Like, here's a couple dollars. Tell me what you know about this. You know, all this we love to talk about, you know, stop snitching and all this other bullshit. But you look at First 48, you know, Negroes be singing like a bird. I mean, you look at, like I said, in those past movements, in those civil rights movements, there were so many agents, you know, who uh, were there to sabotage movements and things like that for a couple dollars. And it's, you, you have to stop. You have to stop the me mentality. You have to stop. You know, if this ain't for you, if, you, if you're scared of change, you know, hey, step to the side. You know, keep, keep doing you. Keep doing you. But don't try to, you know... Don't don't try to destroy something so positive and moving in a in a great light, and don't don't try to pollute folks with your you know with your fucked up diluted image of how you think the world should be and how it should stay the same. Because if you think it's right that these you know these little black boys and girls are you know being set up for failure and these black men and and women are being killed you know and locked up over bullshit. Uh, if you think that's right and that, that the justice system is, if, if you actually think Lady Justice is blind, you know what, you need to just, you know, just go on somewhere and, you know, keep watching your Fox News, keep watching, you know, CNN and, you know, keep being brainwashed, you know, that's you, just keep doing that, but don't try to, you know, send that, you know, that fucking bullshit ass sheep mentality you know, towards people who are progressing and trying to, you know, make the world better. And then those same people that I'm talking about right now, if we do have a major victory, I shouldn't say if, but when we do, they're going to be right there celebrating. And then in a few few decades, they'll be telling their grandkids, oh, yeah, I did this with such and such, and I did that, and blah, 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 knowing damn well that your, your black ass was just sitting up on the couch just watching the news, being critical, and sitting in awesome what you think are fire-ass tweets, you know, critiquing, you know, those who lead in this movement and those who are part of the movement, so, because that's just like uh, the black folks back in the, you know, 50s and 60s who were in the civil rights era, you know, doing their thing and making moves, but then you had those niggas down at the rib joints and the, and the jukebox joints, you know, they're just dancing, shucking and jiving and shaking their ass, you know, didn't like, nigga, I ain't trying to hear this shit, bro, I'm good over here, I ain't trying to march with King, I ain't trying to hear that radical shit that Malcolm is talking about, but then decades later, oh yeah, I remember seeing that on TV, I actually marched here, like, shut your lying ass up, you was just eating ribs and you was dancing to some fucking jazz and shit like that and he was probably smoking that that fucking wacky tobacco so 
it's whatever though it's whatever but like i said black folks we really need to get out of that me mentality and it has to be more we 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 shout out to everybody that attended that march you know uh just it's great to see that that positive energy and that love thank god for social media you know for being able to see you know uh, people on periscope you know <clears throat> shooting live video of it and uh youtube and things like that because you know c-span covered it but how many people actually watch c-span and uh you know a lot of folks are kind of mad that the media wasn't covering it but it doesn't fit their agenda they don't want to see you know a million black folks coming together in peace talking about how they need to change and what they're going to do to better themselves and become you know become one with society or even branch off from society if the society keeps treating them that the way that they do you know the meat it doesn't fit their agenda you know i know there was a bunch of uh, a bunch of like the major news networks were there but they just wanted to wait and see if minister farrakhan was going to say something crazy because like i said before it was called justice or else and they thought that or else was going to be minister farrakhan sending out a hit squad to kill every single white person in america and that wasn't it the or else was you know group economics and development and education for these youth and making the youth and making the world a much better place for these little black boys and girls so it is what it is so i mean black folks don't be too mad that they didn't you know show any coverage i'm seeing like a bunch of memes on my facebook and my twitter about you know hey the media ain't covering this it doesn't fit their agenda you know we have to stop thinking about the news and other major media uh outlets you know we can't think of them as unbiased it i mean it's based off of fear if it's not somebody black it's somebody brown with a turban on you know everything is fear based they want to keep folks scared in their house or keep them buying a new prescription drug that's all the fad and you know you start taking this prescription drug and then you know, for the side effects of that you got to take another prescription drug and all this other crazy stuff so it's all about that almighty dollar keeping you scared in your house you know you got to turn off that damn tv so don't feel bad about you know uh not seeing that million man march anniversary you know on tv like i said it doesn't fit the agenda and that agenda it ends in dollars you know so don't even worry about that okay but so moving on uh, we still on the summer jam screen just have to you know shout out that brother uh this happened a couple weeks back have to shout out that brother omarion you know for uh taking a stance the uh, former b2k singer was uh, scheduled to be at a club in London called District. And uh, the club caught some flack because um, there was a girl who knew the promoter or the owner or something like that. She was bringing her homegirls to the club. And through a series of text messages, you know, her homegirls was black. She was white, I believe. And, uh, you know, the uh, club owner or promoter, he, he wasn't with the shits. You know, he doesn't want, you know, too dark. He said, you know, if your homegirls are, are too dark, you know, we don't want them there or too fat and something like that so you know marion got wind of that he had a club appearance and he said fuck it i'm not gonna be there so shout out to that brother because right now we got so many you know hundred thousand dollar slaves million dollar slaves in the entertainment and athletic fields that you know it's like i said these are people this is that me 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 mentality they're gonna do anything for a dollar and that means throwing their own people under the bus but 
you know, so they can keep getting them them checks. You know what I'm saying? Even though they have, you know, millions upon millions of dollars, they still, you know, they want more. Me, me, me. I feel special. I'm getting patted on the head. I'm eating with these rich white folks. I'm hanging out with these rich white folks. They don't see color, which is a lie. But uh, that's how you feel. You know, it it makes it makes uh, racism. It makes the system of uh, racism, it, it eases it, you know, when you have money. But, you know, it's that me mentality. But shout out to Omarion for having that we mentality and not being with the shits. So I really have to shout out that brother, you know. So salute to him for doing his thing. And then, um, let's see here. Um, the, uh, in Omaha news, as far as, you know, what's going on locally, um, on this summer jam screen, uh, I just seen something where uh, the Timberwolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves, about six hours away from us up north in the Target Center, um, they uh, they are thinking about bringing a D League team to Omaha. Now, you guys know I'm a huge basketball fan. You know, my teams are Creighton and Go Spurs Go, the San Antonio Spurs. But if we did get a D League team here, I would have season tickets, and I would be sitting my black ass right in the front row seat. Now, I said I would be the black Jack Nicholson, but my boy Brandon had to correct me and told me to go the Spike route. So, yeah, I would be the black, I would be the younger Spike Lee, you know, sitting courtside, the black, the uh, younger Spike Lee of Omaha. I'm about to say the black Spike Lee, like he ain't black. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be dope. Uh, from my understanding, they're going to meet with officials, um, some folks here in Omaha. And uh, see what's gonna go, what's gonna happen. See if they can make it do what it do. I think it would be dope. Uh, it would be nice to see them play down at the CenturyLink Center. Because um, I mean, you look at the Creighton games. I mean, Creighton games are, you know, they're they're always almost filled to capacity, if not at capacity. I mean, we we do have love for basketball here, even though this is a football state. We do rally behind Creighton, um, and even uh, you know uh, the University of Nebraska Lincoln, UNL uh, basketball team. We rally behind them. We rally behind our soccer teams. You know, especially like the women's soccer teams here. Uh, we're we're a big sports state. You know, and Omaha is a big sports city. So hopefully they, they make it happen. I know they've been talking about um, that they might um, um, just go somewhere else. You know, there's been some rumors of other, you know, uh, Midwestern states, I think, like uh, somewhere in Colorado, maybe. But uh, that'd be dope if they came to Omaha. That would be that would be really dope if we would get an NBA D League. I mean, a, yeah, a basketball D League team here. I'm not a fan of the Minnesota Timberwolves at all, but hey, they moved something to the city. Hell yeah, I would have some some D League gear. So shout out to the the T Wolves. Um, shout out to those who are thinking about coming to Omaha. And um, yeah, so salute to them. So I really uh, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm gonna keep combing the internets and uh, keep y'all updated about it and you know see what's shaking all right all right so moving on to selling hope like dope uh, so i guess we all figured out we all found out you know that conagra is uh you know leaving omaha the headquarters are and uh moving to uh, uh chicago and uh yeah so a lot of people are kind of butthurt by that uh some places around the city are rallying for all the people who's, who's who are losing their jobs and offering them jobs, so that's dope, right there. So uh, you know, shout out to all those businesses that you know are going to offer these folks jobs, and um, 
yeah, that's, that's kind of crazy. I was watching uh, Omaha Live. If y'all don't know what Omaha Live is, it's like a sketch comedy show, sort of like SNL. It comes on right after SNL on, uh, on WOWT on Channel 6 or so, uh, Channel 8 um, on your cable boxes, you know, 1008 or just uh, Channel 6 if you still, you know, if you got the digital signal. Um, but it's funny. It's funny as fuck. It's a funny-ass show that at the beginning of the show, uh, they had like Omar and Conagra. They had like they were writing love letters, you know, back and forth. And uh, you know, uh, you know, Omaha was the guy, kind of was the lady, and the guy was, you know, Omaha was like, "Oh, we'll knock down these historic buildings and warehouses for you, and you know, we, we got all this job growth here, and you know, we have a great economy, and you can, you know, come stay here." And then she was all with it, you know, kind of accurate. And then, you know, a few years down the road, it turned into, you know, the text bubbles on the on the iPhone, and you know, he would, you know, Omaha Carter creeping to Chicago and all this other stuff. It was really funny. I mean, if you can find it, it should be up on YouTube or um, just check out their Twitter account at Omaha Live. Really funny show. Fucking hilarious. And, uh, I, love, I love their music videos and shit like that. If you're from Omaha, you've been here for a few years, definitely check it out because it's Omaha humor just around the city and shit like that. And they did a, a spoof of, you know, the 99 Problems video talking about, you know, being white and living in West Omaha and how they're having their problems. It's fucking hilarious. Great show so shout out to Omaha Live and uh shout out to Mayor Mean Jean Stothert for uh basically you know on her campaign trail saying she was going to get rid of our uh our tax our uh restaurant tax that was introduced uh by the prior mayor uh we have a two percent tax so anytime you it's like a restaurant and entertainment tax anytime you go out to eat you know any fast food place any restaurant uh, you get a you get an extra two percent tax onto your bill, and uh, that was supposed to stimulate the economy here. But honestly, that didn't do shit but go into the pockets of the friends of the mayor, you know, and your staff, you know, raises and shit like that. And then while I'm shouting her out, you know, the meters downtown in the old market area and downtown has been extended. Uh, it used to be, you know, Monday through Friday uh, between eight and five. Now all of a sudden, you know, it's uh, Monday through Saturday, but Monday through Friday, I think it's like eight to nine. And then on uh, Saturdays, I think it's like nine to five. So the meter, so you're being charged for parking, which sucks balls. Like it's ever since I, ever since I was little, it's always been like Monday through Friday, you know, eight to five. And then after five is free parking, you know, anywhere in the old market area. So now all of a sudden, you know, on your campaign trail, you were promising that you were going to get rid of the restaurant tax, but now you're taking more money from the people of Omaha, and I don't know. I don't know why. What, what is hemorrhaging the city so much that you have to start start back charging folks, you know, for parking late nights now? It's, 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 it's puzzling. I think, I don't know, maybe we're trying to... I don't know, maybe it's trying to cover for that Baxter Arena that just got built. Maybe we're trying to help out Ralston with their arena issues. I, I really don't know what's hemorrhaging the city right now because Omaha has always been, you know, very well, a well-budgeted city. You know, up until this prior mayor and well, Mayor Fahey came in here and, you know, kind of fucked everything up. And that was before um, this, the, that was... With two mayors before Stothard or whatever, 
Um, and you know, he basically got his buddies to build the fucking TD Ameritrade, you know, baseball stadium downtown while the Rosenblatt was still popping and everything. And that was just tradition to play at Rosenblatt for the CWS for the College World Series. So maybe we're still paying for that. Because, I mean, there are hardly any events that go on there. You know, we have the CWS going on. And then, other than that, nobody really regularly plays there. We had that failed uh, football team that had Jeff Garcia and Amon Green. Uh, you know, they tried to play down there. But wasn't nobody feeling that shit. Because uh, it was just a joke. And I think that whole league folded or something like that. But I, I really want to know what's going on. Because as far as... Because Omaha has always been a great place for jobs. Uh, like It might not be the job that you want, but you can always find work. You can always find something to keep your lights on and keep a roof over your head. Like I said, you can you can be you know working a telemarketing gig, making anywhere from 10 to 13 bucks an hour. You might not like it, but hey, you know, you're still paying your bills. You know, you're still you know, keeping that roof over your head and you're still keeping food in your mouth by doing that. But you got the uh, the layoffs at Union Pacific. You got ConAgra leaving. Then we got this meter issue going on, hemorrhaging money, you know, from the people. And so I'm, I just really want to know what's going on here. Um, that's, that's something that I really have a lot of questions for. And I was trying to do some research as far as, you know, the city's budget and things of that sort. And it's really, I, did, I didn't see anything crazy in there. So, so what's the cause for it? And what I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times what these mayors do, um, you know, they, they get their buddies who own these companies and uh, things of that sort, and they start giving them, you know, city contracts, you know, to, uh, you know, restore things and to build things up, tear things down, and, you know, and it's, coming out of, it's coming out of the taxpayers' pockets, you know, they're just pimping the people. That's all that's happening right now, so that's why uh, Mayor Mean Gene Stothard is out here selling hope like dope. And uh, I still haven't, um, I don't know, maybe I'm slipping, but I haven't seen anything about her, you know, uh, scolding ConAgra because they sure pulled the wool over her eyes, telling her not, not to, nothing to worry about and all this other shit. So we tore down all these historic buildings and warehouses that could have been, you know, extensions of the old market. Well, it was an extension of the old, it was the old market. And uh, for those who's listening, don't know what the old market is. It's our downtown area. You know, it's, uh, you know, brick roads and uh, just very historic buildings that's been, you know, restored. There's little shops in there, restaurants and things of that sort. Real great atmosphere, um, except for the weekends, because it's nothing but like bridal parties and shit like that. So it's nothing but like drunk white women down there, mainly. But hey, it is what it is, you know, shout out to them, a lot of folks, you know, come from out of town who, well, who live in Nebraska and Iowa and South Dakota, you know, or come up from Kansas, they'll come up from here, the state of Kansas, not Kansas, Missouri, not Kansas City, Missouri, uh, they'll come up here, you know, from the little towns, and they'll come up here for, like, bridal parties and shit like that, bachelorette parties and shit like that, and I mean, you can run into three, four, five parties if you're, you know, if it's after like four or five o'clock and they're just shit faced. But anyway, so ConAgra tore down all these historic buildings and warehouses that could have been, you know, other businesses and things of that sort um, to create their campus and now they're leaving. So, you know, like I said, they pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and telling us not to worry about it and all this other bullshit. And so now what's going to happen with all these layoffs? We're going to have a bunch of empty buildings or what? And I mean, UP, they can't. I know UP has a building on the Conagra campus, but they can't extend because they just laid off a bunch of middle management people. So what's going to happen to that space? Like I said before, you know, Creighton could take it over and do some business classes or something and 
you know, or they could, you know, turn it into, I don't know, maybe they could extend, you know, Taste of Omaha, but that's only in the summer, you know, extend it to uh, a little bit past the, the, uh, the uh, Conagra Park or whatever, and, uh, and I was just trying to brainstorm some ideas of what, what else could go down there, because, I mean, shit, what else could you put down there, because those, those buildings are very office-like anyways, but, I don't know, maybe First National Bank and they will extend or something like that, um, expand their headquarters or whatever, but, hey, I mean, Mean Gene is selling hope like dope, um, for all the people they voted for, you know, I know you got, I know you just feel like you got yoke on your face right now, so, it's whatever though, but, uh, Mean Gene out here selling hope like dope, alright, so, let's, uh, go ahead and move on to, uh, hold this L, so, the first person that's gotta hold an L, uh, she always needs to hold L's, uh, is our girl, uh, not my girl, y'all girl, uh, Raven Simone, uh, she was basically on The View, talking about how she would be discriminatory to people with, uh, with, uh, names that she didn't agree with, uh, she said something like, uh, watermelon, loan, Nidra, or something, some shit like that, something big with, like, watermelon with a leash on the end, or some shit like that. And I don't know if Raven Simone has looked in the mirror lately, but, uh, yeah, she has the size of her head shaved, and then the top of her head looks like, uh, a flame, so, I mean, if she wasn't in the entertainment industry, where would she be at, you know what I'm saying, so, I mean, you just look at her name, Raven Simone, I mean, it's a bird, and then she spells Simone with, a, you know, a tilde mark over the E, and then a Y's in there, so if you see that on paper, like, okay, would you hire yourself, you know, and it's it, it's amazing how she's always talking about, you know, equality and all this other stuff, and I'm, I'm not black, I'm, you know, I'm human, and I'm from every continent in Africa and Europe, um, how she has the thought process of a, you know, a white male in his mid-50s, you know, when it comes to uh, ethnic sounding names, and it's crazy how we kind of shit on people for having these names, but that's just black culture, you know, it is the norm, I mean, you look at people like, I think in my age group, you know, that, um, that, uh, I would say that 18 to 35 range, uh, you know, people, you know, uh, particularly at the end of that, are in positions of power, you know, with names, you know, that are ethnic sounding to black folks, you know, so I don't understand the huge, um, the huge deal with that, but, uh, Raven, I mean, she, she's, she's trolling the black community, that's what she does, she's, she's taking a page out of, you know, Rush Limbaugh's book, and a page out of Bill O'Reilly's book to keep, you know, people watching, and I, and I, and I bet you the views, uh, uh, the view uh, ratings have been up, you know, since she said that. Because I mean, she just makes a living off of trolling black folks and talking crazy about black folks and just saying just some 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 crazy shit, you know. So, I mean, somebody, you know, somebody's gassing her up. Somebody behind, you know, the cameras gassing her up, or you know, she could just be on that Stacy Dash hustle. You know, you know, hey, I'll get, you know, more views. These Disney checks might get a little bit bigger, you know, once my contract is up. You know, she has that that me mentality. Here we go. Me, 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 as opposed to we, as opposed to, you know, standing with her people. 
I mean, black folks supported her when she came up out that closet. And, you know, a lot of those people that supported her probably do have black ethnic names. So she has to really chill with the shaming, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, she has to quit being the villain. But, hey, she's under contract probably, but they'll probably definitely let her go, you know, if she did say something pro-black. So Raven Simone, I mean, you really got to hold this L. And uh, shout out to uh, the uh, the uh, folks that's you know just killing her on social media. And um, I seen a video where a brother had on a, a wig and he was acting like he was that watermelon character. You know, he was firing shots back at um, Raven Simone, but I think that brother just wanted to put on that wig anyway and you know flick his wrist one or two times. Um, and he just used that as an excuse, but it's whatever, though. Um, so Raven Simone, hold this L. And we have another candidate for holding the L. Has to be your boy, uh, Matt Barnes, with his, you know, one million, uh, kitty drawn on tattoos. He drove, in case you've been sleeping under a rock, he drove 95 miles to try to throw hands on Derek Fisher because Derek Fisher was about to pipe down his ex-wife. So, I mean, at no point in the car did he cool off, you know? there. I mean, was it like a situation where, you know, he's just driving, he's just like fuming mad, then he's like, oh shit, you know, maybe this ain't the right thing. And then maybe like he was listening to like sports talk radio and they said something about the Knicks and he's like, oh shit, I gotta go whip this nigga's ass before he dicks down my my lady. And I mean, if you're driving 95 miles and given the speed limit, you know, uh, 70 some places, uh, 65, 60, 55 and others, I mean, you could say maybe, you know, what, a little bit close to an hour and a half driving somewhere. I mean, you know, Fisher probably already done piped down the wife. So, I mean, why are you going to still throw hands? And that's your ex-wife. So, I mean, I thought he was fucking Rihanna. Like, nope, he got caught lying about that. But the funny thing is, Derek Fisher, you know, he showed up at the preseason Nick game. And my man didn't have a scratch on him. Like, so what did you do? Did you just come over there, like, shoving and yelling? Like, help me out. Like, uh, yeah. That's, that's, I don't know, that's crazy, but I mean, to drive 95 miles because somebody is interested in your ex-wife, she's an ex for a reason, you didn't, you couldn't handle it, I mean, just, just very odd, just very, just crazy simp nigga shit, you know what I'm saying, it's just some, yeah, it's just very odd to do some shit like that, you know, could you imagine, like, fellas, let me talk to y'all, could y'all imagine driving almost 100 miles, Cause you found out that your ex has a new dude, like that's that's some crazy ass behavior. And if you can imagine yourself doing that, like you need to chill. You you really need to look in the mirror and be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, it's Matt Barnes. Just hold this L. Just focus on your season, man. Just yeah, just man, you just look dusty. I mean, you already lied about the Rihanna thing on IG on Instagram. And then, I mean, you done caught some L's in the league, just like when he was beefing with Kobe. And then you tried to, you know, flinch the ball in his face, you know, on an inbounds pass. And Kobe didn't even flinch. The GOAT, one of the GOATs, next to MJ. And it's, yeah, just stop, dude. Just 
This is, you know, I guess no matter how much money you got, you always be dusty. I guess dusty is a spirit, you know. I guess it's in your soul, you know. I guess it's you got like dust particles intertwined with your soul particles, you know. It's just like a like a like a hurricane or a tornado inside of you. That's just just dusty and insecure. You know, so I don't know, Matt Barnes. Just hold this L, fam. All right, so moving on, it's show 17. Um, this is going to be a new segment I'll put in there occasionally. I'm going to call it Not All Heroes Wear Capes. And the person who's going to be uh, the first ever inducted into this uh, segment is going to be Stefan Marbury. Uh, he announced that he's going to uh, bring back his uh, Starberry line. Um, which are, you know, a brand of sneakers that's, you know, uh, quality made and uh, affordable, you know, for everybody, like 15 bucks, 15, 20 dollars for the shoes. And he was very critical of, you know, MJ and Nike for, you know, uh, for people dying because of the sneakers and everything like that. And, uh, you know, shout out to him. Uh, I see what he's trying to do. Uh, you know, if he makes some hot sneakers, that'll be, you know, what's up. The problem is, you know, what with when people try to do things like this you know make affordable kicks i mean like he did it before and he's trying to bring it again you know a lot of those kicks you know they're they're always like knockoffs they're like knockoffs of you know jays and you know famous nikes and shit like that so if they get like just a hot designer and make some quality kicks you know and they can you know sell them at a decent price you know uh, 15 20 bucks 15 to 30 bucks that'll be what's up i think people would support that but also you gotta have you know some uh a great talent behind it i mean we got stefan marbury i mean he's been playing over in china since he's been out in the nba so kids really kids now really don't know who he is um so he's gonna have to get you know some kind of up-and-coming athlete to sign with him to get this thing moving and get it jumping and popping and as far as, you know, MJ goes, you know, MJ is a businessman. He's all about a dollar. Uh, I've never seen him speak out about the instances of people being killed, you know, uh, over his sneakers and things of that sort. Uh, you know, Tinker said something, but he said it's more so a cultural issue. You know, if you feel like that you have to, you know, kill somebody or do something violent towards, towards some kicks, you know, it's more so on the person and not the brand. Which, I mean, I kind of agree with that. But it, I think uh, if the big homie MJ would have said something, you know, about these killings and things of that sort, I think it would really kind of register with folks. Um, but, you know, if Stefan, like I said before, if Stefan Marbury does something, if he does bring it back, you know, I wouldn't want to see him be the face of the brand. You know, I would like to see him, you know, reach out to a rookie or an established person into the league and, you know, hey, you know, want to collab on this and things of that sort. And I think he can do it. Um, I really do think that he can, you know, bring that brand up. But what happens once the brand starts getting rolling and it gets real big? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like you see what's happening with uh, Under Armour right now. You know, Under Armour jumped into the shoe game, and now they got Steph Curry behind them. And Steph Curry just won a title in the league MVP. Now those kicks are starting to, to go up. Same thing happened with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant said he didn't want his shoes to go over, I think, 100 bucks. I mean, you look at the elites, the, the KD elites. Those are up to 200 bucks. So I'm saying, you know, once Starberry gets rolling, and if he does, take my advice. Or if he, you know, the brand management team, you know, decides to reach out to an up-and-coming superstar in the NBA, I mean, 
what happens once the it starts flowing in and money starts flowing in i mean is he gonna you know start raising the prices will they move out of those k-mars and then move into a foot locker and a finish line and you know and uh what else a uh, foot action you know you got to think about things like that because you know guys come in to this situation with the belief that hey you know i know how hard it was for me growing up getting these kicks and you know those checks start rolling in it's like shit we can charge how much does it cost to make the sneaker okay for each sneaker is about uh 14 bucks okay we're gonna charge them 140 dollars you know shit like that they just kind of you know with the cheap labor and shit like that that greed started getting to him i mean you look at lebron when he first came into the league he signed what a 90 million dollar deal with nike right off rip and uh you know that that money that money gets to you money gets to you and it, it changes you you know like uh it goes back to the theme of the show me 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 instead of we 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 i think stefan is gonna jump into it you know on the we mentality you know, if it really pops off like it needs to be, it might turn into me, 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 me. These $15, $20 sneakers might, you know, bump up to $40, $50 sneakers. And then all of a sudden, you got these premium Starberries. And these is like 80 to 100 bucks, you know. And then you got the Elite line jumping up $100, $125. So it's something you really got to think about if your heart's in it. You know, salute to that man. And, uh, hey, if he does it, he does it. Shout out to him. And like I said, uh, I mean, you've seen it before when Shaq left, um, was it Reebok? And then he started doing his own thing with the Payless shoes and stuff like that. It, it just kind of went corny um, just because Shaq really wasn't doing his thing like he was at L.A. And he won that one title in Miami and he started bouncing all over the league and shit like that. So the, the marketing really wasn't there for his kicks. Um, but if you're only selling point is that these shoes are cheap, you need to change it. You need to get like a, an athlete who's who's very fashion forward, who, who knows how to reach these kids and be the face of your brand so it'll really take off. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, having cheap, affordable kicks, you know, uh, but it has to be high quality and the design has to be there and the right person has to be the face of that brand. So, I mean, Stefan Marbury, we know not all heroes wear capes, but I salute what you're doing. All right. Last segment, health over wealth. I know it's been kind of a long show trying to make up for those couple of Saturdays I didn't record. So, um, you know, health over wealth, you know, health is everything. Uh, Wealth is something, you know, you can't enjoy your wealth unless you have your health. So this quote comes from Mr. Banana Hands himself, Tony Robbins. One reason so few of us achieve what we truly want is that we never direct our focus. We never concentrate our power. Most people dabble their way through life, never deciding to master anything in particular. So just keep that in mind when you're trying to reach your goals. You know, just really try to focus on what you're really good at and start enhancing that. You know, a lot of times we do, you know, we kind of turn into an octopus in life. You know, we got, we only got two arms, but... You know, we act like we got eight and dabbling here, there. Okay, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. But you never try hard enough to actually see some sort of, see some sort of results. You know, you're always just dabbling, just dabbling. You kind of half-assed. And, oh, this ain't working out for me. Let me go do this. Okay, this is kind of cool, but it's not like that thing. Let me go on over there and see what's happening there. So just try to direct your focus. So that's the main thing. And remember, keep a we mentality, not a me mentality. All right? So much love, much respect 
respect and uh tune in next week this has been episode 17 lucky number 17 that's my favorite number because that's the you know that's the day i was born on november 17th so shout out to number 17 and shout out to the listeners much love one Or the girl you knew the night before But your thoughts will soon be wandering The way they always do When you're riding 16 hours And there's nothing much to do And you don't feel much like riding You just wish the trip was through See, here I am On the road again There I am Up on the stage Here I go Playing star again There I go Turn the page Well, you walk into a restaurant Strung out from the road And you feel the eyes upon you As you're shaking off the cold You pretend it doesn't bother you But you just want to explode Most times you can't hear them talk other times you can't All the same old cliches Is that a woman or a man And you always seem outnumbered You don't dare make a stand Here I am On the road again Here I am on the stage Here I go Playing star again Here I go Turn the page yeah. Out there in the spotlight You're a million miles You try to give away As the sweat pulls out your body Like the music that you play Later in the evening As you lie awake in bed With the echoes from the amplifiers Ringing in your head you smoke the day's last cigarette Remembering what she said 
Hey. 